Warriors Plus Minus is brought to you by Game Time. Oh, this reminds me of a famous uh, song by Bad Fluid from Oakland. It's game time. It's the same rhyme. I ain't finna change mine. Kicking the same lines. Breaking down two MCs at the same time. Oh, sorry. I got, I got carried away. My bad. My bad. My bad. Game time. Your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors tickets prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers. Then it shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now and download Game Time and score awesome last-minute deals on tickets. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in the NBA history. Warriors plus minus. This is Marcus Thompson. I'm here with my boss and overlord. Tanika's mothers. <laughs> yes, facts. <laughs> also, Tim Kawakami is yeah. here. And uh, we have we have uh, Ethan back. Sherwood Strauss is at home sous vide. What's up, Ethan? Welcome back to Warriors plus minus. Uh, it's lovely to be with you guys. I want to become an overlord one day. That seems like something to aspire You're close to. Aren't you a father? Yeah. yeah, you are an overlord. You are an overlord. You Just take everything out on your son. That's it. I feel like he's overlording me currently, but maybe we can turn the tables. Combo, it's a combo. It's a combo. It'll, it'll change after a while. It'll change. Uh, hey, who 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 are the Warriors? Mm-hmm. We've seen them get lambasted twice, and then we've seen them go out and destroy an undermanned Pelican squad. Of course, they're undermanned themselves. I don't even know who who they are anymore. Who who are they? Can can they just be the trash team that's going to lose every night, or are they going <laughs> to? Are, are they going to win by 20 and they're back? Like, wh- who are these Warriors? I don't know them. Ethan, you just wrote a piece on this. You go. Go. You've, you've been thinking about this. I don't I don't think that they're quite at playoff level. Um, some things need to change. Some things need to happen. Uh, they need reinforcements. I didn't mention that in the article, but they do need reinforcements in the front court. Uh, whatever is going on with Looney, uh, that seems quite concerning. But they could really benefit from Cully Stein coming back. They need that vertical spacing. But I think that ultimately, as I wrote, they're teaching us something. They're teaching us something about the league, um, not just what they are, but what wins. And it's easy to take for granted. And the way that we sell the game and the way that we talk about the game, we act as though all these teams are just these vessels for superstars' reputations and the role players don't matter at all. And they're just these other extras in a movie about a guy. And that's just not the case. It matters. I would say more so than maybe ever before, in part because the revolution the Warriors unleashed in the league was all the switching on defense in addition to shooting. It's created a situation where you need not to have weak oh, links man, in the chain. Oh, man, this Steph Curry apology session is getting long. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to warm up. You got to throat clear. You got to preamble with it. Um but I, I, I look at are it Are you just as, defending Steph Curry's legacy? Is that what you're doing right are now? Are you just defending the fraud, Steph Curry? Um, <laughs> this is early for that. This is early yeah, okay, for that. Okay, okay. Uh, to a certain extent. I mean, that's a different topic. To me, I just look at the Raptors last season, where we almost made their entire finals about Kawhi, who is a great player, and his leaving knocks them out of title contention, to be sure. But look at that team. That was a team of superstar role players. Veteran 
IQ wins. That's what wins in the league. Right now, when Kerr keeps saying it, and it is excuse-making, when he keeps saying we've got nine guys, 23 and under, that is hard to overcome. That's why I don't see them as a playoff team, even if they get it together. When I talk about what needs to change, additionally, what could potentially give them a shot, I believe, is if Kerr simplifies things. I don't think this is going to work where it's the old Steve Kerr offense. I think maybe they know that, and he might be fighting it a bit, but they need to revolve the offense around Curry and around pick and roll. I know that gives into an element of Warriors Twitter, but sometimes they're right. And they're D- right in this case. And D'Angelo Russell in pick and roll because and that's, it's really probably most important for him, I think, just to get him. And when, when Curry picks up the, the, the fouls, it's Russell with the ball in his hand, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but something happens instead of him just standing around bogging everything up, I think, uh, and just get into a pick and roll fast. See what happens from there, uh, and try to play the Pelicans without their best three players as much as possible. I think that helped. That that really makes the Warriors look better and feel better. I mean, but, the Warriors don't know. have their three best players. <laughs> Who's their uh, Willie Cauley Stein, <laughs> Kevon Looney, <laughs> Alec, Burks, Alec, Burks, Alec Burks? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smiley Jeek. Uh, listen, the NBA is a scale. You play who you play. Uh, you, you, they look good, even if they had lost against a better team. They played better. Uh, than, than they obviously in the first two. But like, why do we say the Clippers are the best team, or why do I think most of us think that are one of the best two? It's obviously because they added two superstars in Kawhi and, and Paul George, but it's because they have all these other guys that pushed the Warriors to the limit last season, the Warriors of the great roster. They've got the guy, you know, Harrell and Lou Williams and you know, on and on and on. They had Shea Gilgis Allison. They had all these two-way guys. Those things, even Matt, yeah, Ethan, I'm going to underline that. Those guys matter. Defensive players who can also move the ball matter. Andre Iguodala matters. Sean Livingston, when he was, you know, playing healthier, mattered. Those guys, re- the superstars always matter the most, but they need so much other things to click in there. And the Warriors just lopped off this one superstar, have another star who's hurt, and then they got rid of a lot of their other connected pieces, and that's why we're seeing an, an unconnected team right So now. we're saying that the Warriors did not see this coming because some every, of them did not see this coming. Every choice they made, yeah. every choice they made was to go young and inexperienced. They yeah. could have, they could have, offense. Yeah, they, offense. but they could have gotten guys. There, there are guys out there to get, uh, and obviously they aren't like well, world beaters. But world beaters aren't what is making the Clippers great, right? It's yeah. the guys you forget about. Well, I think this is the rift, and I mentioned it in an article, and I, I had some people commenting and asking me to elaborate on it um, because it seemed to them— Was Steve Kerr one of the people asking you to elaborate on it? <laughs> no, but, you know, readers, readers are asking because, you know, is this an airing of dirty laundry? That there's, I think it's fairly obvious. You don't need to be a mind reader to see that Steve Kerr is not happy with the decisions that the front office made in stocking this roster. Um, that is the classic dynamic, by the way. I think it's something that out here... It's uh, finally we, hit, huh? It's finally yeah, got here. Th- this is every team. It just finally happened. Yeah. <laughs> this is the real NBA. The real NBA is the coach wants veterans so he can win right now, and the front office has to think about the future because they're on a different timeline, and they go younger. And so, yeah. You know what this reminds me of, right? Like, uh, this is, I'm, I'm going way off top. Off ten, This is very tangential, mm-hmm. but... Sometimes I would like do something like really nice for my wife, right? And I'd be like, "All right, good, good." Like I was just in LA and I just bought her a dress and had it shipped. And so this dress comes, she's like, "Oh, happy about the dress." And then like 
45 minutes later I'll do something stupid and then she's mad and I'm like yo did the dress <laughs> like it has no lasting no value like, how does this not no. I should have a, like a week's worth of bad deeds right or at least <laughs> irritating deeds like just passed over because of my good one and I feel like this is Steve Kerr it's like like dude you, you don't doesn't he kind of have to chill because he was handed <laughs> the greatest roster of first-year coaches ever been handed. And then they added Durant. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, hey, hey, yeah. if I'm Bob Myers, I'm like, yo, hold on, hold on. Like, this isn't the optimal roster. We got it. But are you serious right now? I've given you the greatest roster ever assembled, and you about to trip because one year of, you okay, know, Okay, so this. that's a question on my mind because a lot of fans are mad about the way Kerr has been conducting himself in these press conferences. Now, I haven't gone out and said that I have any kind of issue with it just because I don't think it changes the fundamental reality of whatever we're going to see on the floor. But how do you guys feel about it? Do you think that Kerr should be so outwardly dyspeptic about the roster and the situation that they're in, considering he has to leave them? Ethan, you weren't on the show last week, but I said I think he was around Pop all summer, and he's got some of Pop in him and some of that grouchy, you know, these guys aren't going to do it, they're not playing tough enough or whatever. And I think it's partly motivation. He's, like, challenging these guys. It's partly, here's our standards, and you're not meeting them. And it's partly, I don't like a bunch of these guys. You know, I not like them, but I don't think they fit what we want to do. And I'm going to resist changing everything we do because we got Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and, and Clay Thompson eventually. So I, th- I think I'm okay with it. I mean, I get what, it's two games. He got frustrated. I think he wants to show some emotion. He wants to set some standard. He doesn't want to just say it's okay if these guys aren't going to play any defense. That's just fine with me. I mean, we're just. I mean, I don't know that people would like that either. So maybe he's letting some of it go so Draymond and and Steph can say, "Oh, guys, come on, you know, we'll be the good guys here." That mean coach is being too tough on you. I, I don't know. I do think there's some Popovich in this, and I do think there's some. Times to change, folks. Let's get used to it. And maybe it's a message to Joe Lacob. Maybe it's a message to Bob Myers. Like, this is the roster you gave me. This is reality here. What yeah. are you going to You're watching them in practice, too. And clearly, I think most of this is from practice, not just from games, because they were some turning, you know, in the middle of training camp. Like, uh-oh, what yeah. we got here. Well, Steph, and, Steph talking about how he texted Andre that he missed yeah, him after exactly, practice. Exactly. So, I know, it's all this, and it, you're going to feel some of it. You're going to feel the shock even if you intellectually knew it was going to happen. But I don't, and again, people are going to get on me for not ripping Kerr, but I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It's two games where he was frustrated. Popovich does this all the time. It seems to turn out just fine for him. Uh, and I think it'll be, it's going to be a reasonable effect on this team down the road. And in 30 games, they're going to be however, and wasn't, isn't going to be affected by what Steve Kerr said in two games. That's what I, I, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with it if it works, yep. <laughs> right? I think yeah. that's – And with Steve, it tends to work. Yep. Like whatever strategy or whatever his reasoning is, even if you disagree with it, in the long run, his strategy usually works. And you end up in this position like, ah, I doubt it, Steve. But now, I guess now we find out, did it work because he just had better players? <laughs> or did <laughs> yeah, it work because partly, it was Steve, yeah, right? Like, partly, well, guess. he might be the kind of coach, we don't know, we're about to find out, he might not be the kind of coach that takes you from a D level to a B level. He might be the kind of coach that takes you to a B level from, from a, a B, B level to, a, to an yeah, A level. Yeah. Yeah, that that might be the kind well, of. Well, Mark Jackson, you know, did take a, a bunch of spare parts and Steph Curry, 
and took them to a place that they were not near. Uh, and that was yeah. like, but Mark that's Jackson what we value the, as yeah. coaches, right? Absolutely. That's what we value in coaches. That's that's who that's how coaches get revered. Every year when Coach of the Year comes out, it's always a team who's taking a roster that we don't yep. think is that good and getting the most out of them. Like that's the one. But they all guys also get fired in a couple of years. Yeah, they too. do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But, dude, that that's why Popovich is great. It wasn't because of Tim Duncan and them. It's because these dudes got old. They had a bunch of these spare parts and they were still winning. It's like how. Was he doing this? Popovich is the greatest of all time because he's the guy who can take you from C to B or from D to B, and, and he'll B take to you a. from yep. B to yep. A. Yep. I think most it's one or the other. We tend to revere B to A. I think Phil Jackson is B to A. Uh, I think he's he's known as that kind of coach, and maybe that's what Kerr is. His system relies on read and react, high veteran IQ, improvisation. This is what I hear from people who played for the Warriors. You know, Marcus, remember remember there would be guys who'd get cut or they'd be discarded, and you know players would tell you that they can't. This guy can't play on the Warriors. Oh yeah, he just can't. He can't operate on that frequency. Um, Jason Thompson, so, remember him? We plugged that's right exactly in. the name yeah. that was in yeah. my mind. Oh my God, he could not, <laughs> he just couldn't play for the Warriors. I mean, yeah. he wasn't a great player, but he was an NBA player. He goes to Warriors and he's literally unplayable. Unplayable. The Warriors destroyed destroyed any remaining value that he had. Um, yeah, I, I. so that is possible. I think we're about to learn how adaptable Kerr is and maybe he needs to get over the past. I Look, Kerr has never said this to me, but I think we would all agree we would all agree on this, that there's no universe in which Kerr wanted them to make the decision they made to subtract Andre Godala and insert D'Angelo Russell. And that's just something he's got to get over. That's just something that has to happen. And if he got, if he's like, you know, if this is his process of getting over it, that's fine. Yep. Right? If, he, <laughs> if he's like... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna be heard. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm heard. But still, he goes and makes the adjustments. That that's cool. Like, yep. that, that that's just part well, of the season. And part of it, I, I don't know that this is what he's doing it for. It's part of it. So D'Angelo Russell and Omari Spellman and Jordan Poole and all the other go. You know what? He's wrong, and we're gonna prove he's wrong. We can play smart. We can figure it out. We're gonna play. You know, we're gonna get, go through the blast furnace, and it's not over. You know, it, one game in New Orleans doesn't, doesn't mean it's over. They lose to Phoenix tomorrow. The whole thing st- gets started up again, and the jump is talking about him and Richard Jefferson and all the others that, that they don't like hearing him from. But so what? The players, it's up to the well, players. Like, the, the Warriors need Andre to retire so he can get on TV and defend them. <laughs> That's what needs to happen because all these calves are going on TV and on Twitter and ripping them. You know, I wasn't on it. Marcus was on this before me. I think Andre's ending up on the Warriors at the end of this no season. He's, on, he's ending no up. I don't, you know, it, it's difficult to see that path, but I just... Who's he, he's going to tell Stefano? No, 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 they're yeah. going to... No, 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 he's got to go to a team that know, cuts but him, so that's, yeah. a, that's the hard part. Yeah. So, but it just feels or like no, he's going to... no, next year he doesn't. Next year he's oh, yeah, signed with the Warriors. Yeah, next yeah. year. But I'm saying he might end up on the team at the end of this season. Yeah. Just because it just... They're, they want him back. It's just so... It's like some of those... Like, I watched the one quarter of Oklahoma City. I couldn't watch anymore because I was at the 49ers game and then was watching a replay and I had to watch some of it. It's like Andre Iguodala. This is Andre Iguodala. When things, even when they went bad, and D- when Durant and Clay were on the team, what did Steve do? He put Andre in, and it calmed it down. And he just doesn't have anything close to a calm down player. 
Andre Iguodala, even in his limited form, even in whoever he's going to be this season, is that guy. And yeah, you're right. St- there's no way Steve would have wanted to make that trade, Angelo Russell, for, for, for Andre Iguodala. It's what happened. It's reality. They're going to have to deal with it. But I still think Andre is going to end up back up on, on this team at some point. Let's let's listen to this uh, interesting clip from Steve Kerr. You know, the the call has been to turn uh, Steph Curry into James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and Steve. By Kerr, Ethan Ethan Strauss yeah. made that call, <laughs> and Steve Kerr addressed that yep. with with some comments. So let's listen to the comments from from Steve Kerr. We could turn him into James Harden and give him the ball every play. Um, that's really hard to do, and you have to build a team for that. Too, Houston has uh, has put you know five shooters on the floor for, for years now with Harden to give him that space. We don't have that um, that kind of personnel, so there's not the same spacing, and that kind of basketball wears you out too. Um, you know, especially for a guy who's 180 pounds like Steph is. So I don't think the answer is just, you know, run a million high screens. Uh, we don't really have the personnel for that. And I don't think uh, I don't think it makes it uh, a ton of sense from Steph's standpoint. But what we have to figure out is how can we free him up better? Uh, and those are the things we're exploring every day. How can we free him up without having you know, floor spacing bigs that are popular around the league? Um, so trying to create space, trying to create penetration, trying to create clean looks and an offensive rhythm within all that, um, you know, that's the challenge. That's what we're working on. So we're looking at, at these numbers. Uh... Curry's shots have declined every game. He maxed out at 20. It's 20, 18, 17. 17 had a bit to do with foul trouble last yep. game. His usage rate, 30.5, is about what it was with Durant. It's still it's well shy of the 32.6 from the second MVP year. Everybody just wanted him to go back to. And Curry's saying, like, we're not built for that, nor is Steph Curry built for that. Is is he right about this? Is this, is this how they should be playing with the kind of democratic basketball, or should they – and could they develop an offense that's centered on two guys making all the plays? So I just had a thought about a parallel. Remember in 2014 when the season began and Kerr's philosophy was let Steph do whatever he's going to do. He's going to have a lot of crazy turnovers. And then I can come to him and say, this isn't working as well as it could possibly work. But you got you to gotta let him have a couple weeks of that first. He can't just go in and start calling the shots. I wonder if this is the the inverse of that. I wonder if this is right now, okay, Steve, uh, going to do it your way. Steph is going to be the Democratic guy sharing the ball with all of these guys who don't even know where their place in the league is yet. And then after it doesn't work for a while, then they can go do – because Steph likes to play pick and roll, even if he understands the value of not playing pick and roll. I wonder if that's what's happening right now, and Kerr will be forced to do this after it's just shown to not be optimal with this roster. You can see him. You can see him sliding over there. I, I can see it. You know, they have to make the. We're doing like what do you say after after uh, the first game? You know, we have a respect for Steph and Draymond are still here, and, and we what we collect, built, and yeah. what we built, and but you know, when you say it like that, it means like okay, eventually <laughs> things are going to have to change a little bit, and I don't know. I mean. So the pick and roll, Steph and Draymond, and then Draymond's not in, or Draymond the, the, doesn't work. Who's who's the pick and roll with? It doesn't even. Yeah. I don't know why it has to be pick and roll either. Yeah, it could just ice 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 in part because Draymond, as an on-ball player, has more utility than with the I ball. Mean, team, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, teams are just sagging off of him. Yeah. I mean, 
it's that's the other that's the other tricky aspect to it there's also an element let's face it of entertainment a lot of fans feel i mean this is a tough thing to broach with people whose job it is to win but man kobe being selfish got lakers through that fallow period between championships. Like, you know you're not going to win a championship. Yeah. You tonight, may not make the playoffs, yeah. but at least be entertaining. Tonight, right? I'm yeah. going to see Steph shoot the ball 27 times, period. I know he is. That's yeah. worth a ticket. Yeah. That's yeah. worth a $2 million right. bunker at Chase <laughs> right Center. You get, to go, you get to see Steph go for 80 rather than, you know, get smacked up by the Phoenix Suns. Right, right the ball now, around. Steph ranks 19th in average field goal attempts. The players ahead of him, Kyrie Irving leads the league 26. Then you got Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, James Harden, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, Luka Doncic, Pascal Siakam, Andrew Wiggins, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Kimba Walker, Shai Gilgis Alexander, Kristaps Porzingis, Devin Booker, and LeBron James all average more shots. Than <laughs> oh, Gil- Gilgis Alexander is looking great. Yeah, he's, a he's a good player. That, that might have been play. a good trade. Yeah. That might have been a good trade by the Thunder. He's good. Yeah. Well, that's the wisdom of the Clippers to draft him, by the way, and have that value to trade him because that's how they—that's part of the reason they got Paul George. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, uh, yeah Steph's shots are going to go up. They're going to go up, but you know, you just, he just like, can't wait till the second half turn up, right? He's going to be early. over yep, by yeah. then. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it's just also, a matter he's of, not it's shooting mix incredibly of, well either. Bob, no, right? no, no he's, not, he's not. He's not making shots. Yeah, and the mix on the court, I think, putting Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, going small, if they stay with us. Uh, is going to oh, open he's up. The, is this I know, a jumping, jumping around. No, I just had to mention. I can't avoid it if we're talking about it. Does open up the space, and in some ways, that that takes the ball out of Steph's hands a little more because there's more people to shoot, uh, and that's not a terrible thing. You know, you don't just get, say take ten more shots. Doesn't matter the quality. You, you know, it depends. A decent quality Steph shot is going to be better than anyone else, but a non-good quality shot from Steph is not going to be as good as an open Jordan Poole shot. Probably. Not all the time, but probably. And that's how how they got to figure out yet in putting Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, however this is going to turn out, giving him more minutes with Steph, I think it's just going to kind of not just change the dynamic because it's always going to be about Steph. It's going to be maybe this is okay to spread out the shots a little more if it's getting Jordan Poole open shots as opposed to getting Glenn Robinson open shots or as opposed to Marquise Chris having the ball in his hands, which this kind of limits that a little bit. I think an easy solution is five times of game identifying who Steph needs to take. Mm-hmm. And forget this. It doesn't have just to be a switch. big man. Yeah, it doesn't have switch. to be a big yeah. man. Like if this guy is on you and he can't take you, Everybody get out the way. <laughs> right? How about, I, I've thought about this. We know how good he is in two-for-one situations. How about, could, could they go a whole quarter of Steph, you're in a two-for-one? Two-for-one, <laughs> Just yeah. every yeah. time down, yeah. shoot as fast as you can. I don't know I don't know if that would be, te- yeah, I, don't, I don't know if that would be terrible. Just two-for-one every time. Just go, It's go. just so many times where you see a guy who everybody knows can't defend, and he's on Steph, and then a screen comes. And it's like, no, especially if you're scoring and you can't defend, okay, Come on out here. We like take it back to the streets where if you score, now you got to play D. Like that's the way it is. <laughs> and don't don't bail a dude out five times a game. Like mm-hmm. Steph, you you pick a dude who you think you could just cook, and just cook that dude. And the other thing is, I will say, I mean, I'm not a huge D'Angelo Russell fan, but you could do the same thing with yes, D'Angelo. Absolutely, and they did it last absolutely. night. Absolutely, they did it last night. Like, okay, you got that's that. That's the irony. Yeah. Steve yeah. does it with other players. <laughs> it's not with Steph. Like uh, <laughs> other players get to cook. Uh, <laughs> well, 
Well, well, what do we think of Steve's worry, which is that his body won't hold up? No, I think up there's something, there's something to it. Turnovers. It's, I think it's, it's turnovers. They're both. It's both. It's both. I think turnovers and wearing him down. I think they're because two I gotta things, say yeah. there is because they thing hate where James. I mean, listen, they, aesthetically they can't stand the way James Harden. It's plays. the reason Jamal Crawford's yeah. not on the scene. Jamal's gonna be 52 and Mark is still gonna be complaining. You telling me Jamal Crawford couldn't play for this team? He can play for this team. What does it do? What does it do? What does it do? It gives him another person who can score. I, I just it's it's odd to say that James Harden can do it considering that he is not exactly revered for his conditioning and then Steph Curry who Kerr has said is in the best shape of his career can't it's just a little bit it's a little bit strange even if there is some merit to it it seems to be a highly subjective call. I mean six five two twenty is just different <laughs> yeah I mean that's, yep. you're kind of more built for the physicality like I see like James Harden is not a little dude. He may not be in the best shape, but he's like he's literally forcing contact. He's looking for it. Like that's and how many craft. times have we said again? This is big picture, but they get to the playoffs, and Harden is kind of beat up, and Harden is not at the best. He's he's had this in, you know remarkable regular season. He's not the same in the postseason. Now that's always mostly been against the Warriors, who can throw a whole bunch of different things at him. But I, I the, the whole uh, you can complain about the Kerr philosophy, the Kerr words, but they're not going to turn Steph into James Harden. It's just not. What he believes in, I don't think is what Steph really believes in. I think they they can do it a little bit, but I don't think they're going to do it over oh, a whole man. game. It's just Harden's not. Harden's going for a sixty against this team. That's now. probably <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. Sixty, maybe maybe sixty five, maybe sixty eight. There's going to be a lot of guys oh, who God. are going to have that ability to go. Can you imagine Durant in two years against this team? Oh my God! Uh, will this be the same team in two years? <laughs> yeah, it's also true. I, I don't know if they well, got Giannis. That's the crazy thing. I mean, they're a majority of this team might not be NBA players. That's the insanity. They might be as well. We don't know. They're young, but they, certainly they not rotation. They're not really rotation players. That they're like end yeah. of the bench yeah. players. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Chris has a lottery pedigree from years ago, but none of them are are lottery players. We don't typically outside of the lottery. You don't know if these guys can hang in the NBA or if they're going to be in Europe. You just you just don't know there is there is a possibility that none of these guys none of the young guys other than Russell obviously and I guess Looney was one of the under 23s I might be missing somebody but 23 that, and I mean, under 23 and under because a bunch the of them 20, are 20, the yeah. 23 and under the that's a big conversation under. in the locker room by the way I keep hearing like whose birthday is when they're all kind of into this 23 and under thing by the way Mm. Yeah, they're all. Speaking of which, uh, rotation station no. time. Wow. Rotation station. Keep Jordan Poole in the starting lineup. If so, how does that affect everything else? So, like, you're gonna get yeah. Amari Spellman and Kevin Looney in the second unit together with Draymond Green. Yeah, I think a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this is Kevon Looney being hurt and Willie Collie Stein being hurt. Not all of it, because this is actually probably their best five. I mean, Jordan Poole, I don't know. I mean, you, you could measure that against somebody else. But this is probably the best five they've got now. So you might as well throw Draymond I against... Mean, t- uh, eat this guy, Damian Lee. Damian Lee's... Damian well, Lee. Damian Lee's the third best player on the team, clearly. But uh, I mean, he's playing, by the way. He's playing on this team. But He is playing on this team. There's Kerr no might work against it. It, it <laughs> seems like it's the last thing Steve Kerr wants to do is to give this guy some uh, minutes. Who, by the way, I don't want to interrupt. In, uh, oh, uh, my God, jumping all over Ethan Station now. No, I, I, I'm just saying, I feel like with Lee, I get the critiques, I get the criticisms, but I feel as though... I, I just don't I don't see why he, he doesn't get more chances. The guy can shoot, but you were saying to him. he might he's gonna play now because he's just, they don't have a small forward and he's gonna yeah. play. He can give him small forward minutes, especially if Evans is hurt for a while. But 
I, I think those are their best five, whether you put Evans in there or not. The, 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 play your best five. That's like what that was the whole Hamptons five thing was just play your best five. When whenever times got tough, they played their best five, and these are their best oh five theoretically. Hey, theoretic. that, that contrast you just painted, like the, <laughs> the well, Hamptons five and their best five now. And Jordan Jeez. Jordan Poole and uh, oh know, man, Glenn Robinson the third. By I'm the way, with you, the, Steve Kerr, I'm with you on that. <laughs> really nice story on Glenn Robinson, by the way. But but does he fumble the ball around the back? Get a lot or what? He's wide open. Steph's getting the ball to him, and he's not converting. Aside the point, uh, yeah, that's their best five. You know, it's, they go up against Stephen Adams. I don't know that would be the way to go. They go up against. There's probably eight centers in the league. They don't. Jokic would. Eh, I don't know. Draymond might be decent against Jokic because Jokic doesn't exactly power the ball in there. There aren't a lot of centers where you go, okay, Draymond can't play against them. So. This does beat up Draymond a little bit. That's why they don't do it all the time. But he's their best center. He's probably their best center no matter what. Certainly their best center when Collie Stein and Looney are out. And why not? It certainly it changes the dynamic. They play faster. I, I thought I saw the Oklahoma City game first quarter. This is a slow. They were so slow. slow my man. God, they could. Every ball was bouncing, and they were frozen in place. And there's some Oklahoma City guy would just Oklahoma City like track stars. Oh they my were just, God, they were blitzing. So if you just Chris Paul looked fast in that game, and he doesn't normally look fast. So if they speed it up, if Draymond's mindset is I'm got a slow guy guarding me, so now I can speed it up. I have a way to get totally into this game why not do that for as long as they can and it gives another shooter it opens up space Marquise Chris is a foul magnet that's one thing we're learning my god the guy just fouls like crazy puts the other team in into the bonus that's not good limit his minutes all those things yeah, I think they they keep Draymond at center for as long as they can. What does that do goal. for that second unit though? Because now you got to yeah, take him out. It's D'Angelo's second unit, and With. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like we just it's that young. It's Spellman. It's you know what would be Jacob Evans. He got hurt. It's Damian hey, Lee. This is what, this yeah, what happens yeah. when you get the max player, right? Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, absolutely. And you know they stole some points. They stole some minutes. I don't think that's going to happen a lot, but you have to do it because also I think another important thing is. Steve's going to keep Steph with Draymond. He didn't do it in the first two games. He was going to do it for sure uh, in the regular way last night when Steph got in foul trouble. Guess what? Foul, Steph gets in foul trouble. He takes Draymond out with him and then puts them both back in the second quarter. They played 100% of the minutes together like through the third quarter, and then Steph got in some more foul trouble, and he couldn't do it. I really think you keep Steph and Draymond together. You, f- you give them limited minutes with D- D'Angelo, and then you get D'Angelo by himself with the young guys, and you live or die with those guys for six and a half minutes uh, each half. And maybe they get better that way. They maybe they take more responsibility that way. And you don't, ha- and then you then you maximize Steph and Draymond. And I think that's important. We talk about what they are. Maybe you run it one way with Steph and Draymond, respect what they've done, who they are, and then you run it another way when it's D'Angelo Russell by himself or with all those other guys. I, that, that's how I feel it's developing over the first three games. And then when you get Looney back, when you get Cauley Stein yeah. back, you, you, you get more for little, D'Angelo yeah. Russell in that second unit. Yes. He's not just alone with Duke Although you're playing Looney with Cauley Stein in the second unit? I don't know. <laughs> what, I mean, Ooh. you're throwing everything yeah. else out there. Sweet, right? sweet <laughs> shooting Kevon Looney, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. Corner, spot uh, him in the corner. What he's thousand percent, yeah, right? Spot him in the corner. <laughs> Run a pick and roll. Put Looney in the corner. <laughs> so Dr- Draymond uh, shot, fired some shots back. Steph did a little bit too at uh, Richard Jefferson. I guess uh, I, that's, I, I didn't know. It was Jefferson was the yeah, one yeah. who I remember. Apparently, there were others. Former but, Warrior Richard Jefferson. Yeah. There's a, there's just a lot of commentary about 
like how he, he led and the way he led. And really, we've seen we've seen three ver- versions of leading, right? We've seen Steve Kerr go with the lower expectations model, right? Like, I still can't believe after <laughs> after game one, he's like, yo, this ain't a one-off. You're going to see a lot of these. You're going to see a lot of these. This ain't a one-off. This is not a one-off. I mean, so you show up to a restaurant and complain about the food yeah, yeah, yeah. and you go like, to look, the customer. This won't like, be the last time you have a bad meal. How much like, you pay for those tickets? <laughs> like, go, there's going to be hair in your food again. Like, just trust me on that one. We're going to hit a couple, but just be ready. This is a normal thing. We burn so more we, of these than we don't burn. <laughs> we've seen uh, we've seen Steve Kerr go with the tamper expectations. We see Steph Curry try to play it positive, right? Smiling and happy, and it's all good. Uh, and we've seen Draymond like with the brutal, blunt honesty. Any of them work? Any of, are any of them the one you want to go with? Is it the collection of them that makes it work? Uh, this leadership thing is going to be interesting to watch because of the youth. How do they approach this? Is it's probably going to tell a lot to uh, whether they're successful this year. It's it's like if if a car has no wheels, does its engine matter, right? I, yeah, I, I, it, no, it, it matters who's behind the wheel, who's steering this thing, <laughs> who's the axle. I'm losing track of the analogy. I don't. I, I'm not, I'm not well, sure. But wait a minute. Then Marcus buys a dress for the car, and then the car is happy. But then ah, he crashes ah, it. And who's mad? It's temporarily. Then? Like man, some... dude, I got you a dress. Chill. <laughs> Um, I think this happened to Wally at one point in that movie, but uh, <laughs> I like Draymond's leadership. I mean, he seems to be the most leadery. I, I think, um, you know, Steph. I can never necessarily trust Steph's perspective just because he's so optimistic, which is part and parcel of why he's overcome so many expectations. Like, if you need, to, if you need somebody to just be told off, like Steph won't. Mm, like, yeah. he's yeah. too positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Draymond, I, and I think that he had the right perspective after the Pelicans win. You know, the first two games, I didn't set a good tempo. You know, we got a lot of young guys. Like, you got to give them lead them away and that can go either way i think the first couple games i let him go away and be better. he wasn't reacting to it by going hey we're great now hey everything's fixed oh no they still have they still have issues they still have problems he seems aware of them what's tricky for him though is that he needs to find his place in this team and figure out his role uh, in this new roster construction where he's not playing off all these great players so I think he has he has the messaging that at least to me sounds the most uh, the most on on. Point. Yeah, I agree. I think I think Draymond's is because he's emotional. He's out there with them. He's blaming himself for some of this, uh, and that's the way you do it. With you know these young guys are look their eyes are popping open. They're going we're down by 170 in Oklahoma City. What the hell? And you know you do need a little jolt here, and you need Draymond to say yeah it's on me it's on me. I didn't get this I didn't get do this right. It, it's he literally yeah. said, I was leading them the wrong way. Exactly. You know, and he was as slow as all of them. It happens sometimes. It happens to everybody. But uh, it's up to the players. You know, all the different things we're saying, it is up to see how good these guys are. Maybe they're not that good. But it's up to D'Angelo Russell to say, you know what? I'm better than this. It's up to Omari Spellman. It's up to Eric Pascal. It's, it's, who I, who's been fine. But, you know, it's that mix of players. It's up to them. We need to see how good they are and – Whatever which way the mo- motivation is, it, it shouldn't take someone else. It should take them. They may not be that good, though. I mean, we're saying all this. I'm building it all up, and they actually might not be very good. There's some ceilings here, but 
They got to be not NBA players. Forty. Yeah, they got to yeah. be NBA players. They yeah. got to be NBA players who are playing with two superstar, two future Hall of Famers. So it shouldn't all fall apart. And D'Angelo Russell is a second overall pick, not long ago. Obviously, has a lot of skills. And Marquise Chris is a top two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we can keep, keep, keep going here. These these are are they NBA players or not? Are they rotation players or not? And whatever Steve Kerr says, whatever Draymond Green says, whatever Steph Curry says, whatever any of them say, whatever Clay Thompson's saying. It's up to these guys to show if they're NBA rotation players or not. And some they've looked for two games, no, and one game, sort of yes. Although you know, there's some other issues. That, that's a roster compilation there. That's a Bob Myers thing. And I, I think they can do some good things. It's just a matter of are they all going to do them together at the same time for a bunch of games? I don't know. We've seen it for one game. You know what I'm gonna do? It, like since both of you are vouching for Draymond, I'm gonna get in our little family morning meeting. I'm going to get my wife, I'm going to get my daughter, and, you know, the room's not going to be clean, dinner's not going to be right. I'm going to get them all together, and I'm going to borrow a line from Draymond, and I'm going to say, The reality is we fucking suck right now. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking suck. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Sorry to cut you off, but in the words of legendary philosopher and now Christian rapper Kanye West, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. But you know you got to pay money, though. We'll have a new episode every Tuesday here on Apple Podcasts for free. But if you want the extended episode, visit theathletic.com slash warriorspm and subscribe to The Athletic.